For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at LA, the debut episode. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. We're on the Believe Podcast Network, and I'm here with my new co-host, replacing the former Darren Sai and Chris Lure. I have him in my kitchen right now. How does it feel to make your Believe Podcast Network debut, Chris? Just happy to be here. Uh, so many people I want to thank. So much hard work put in to get here, and uh, kudos to your interior designer. Place looks great. We do have purple walls. We have blue walls. Uh, you know, we live in an eclectic place in L.A., Culver City. Chris is from Beverly Hills adjacent, so it's a little bit different of a vibe in this neighborhood. Let's get some administrative stuff out of the way before we get going. Just like the last podcast, Lay the Juice, we're going to be talking about betting. We're going to be talking about national betting, but specifically, we're going to look at it through a lens of the Los Angeles-based teams. Now, don't be worried. We're going to give you some great national bets. Chris brings an analytical background. He brings a financial background as well, and he's got a whole team, a whole staff of interns. I imagine it like a boiler room putting together popular uh, uh, value bets as well. Uh, this podcast will be available just like the rest of the Believe Podcast, wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find me once again at smaxwell713 on Twitter, and you can find all of the Believe Podcasts at Believe.com and on Twitter at Believe, and that's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Podcast, the number one LA sports and now sports betting podcast home. Now, Chris, do you have a Twitter where the good people can find you at home? I do have a Twitter. It is at Lou, L-E-W, Mandingo Rock. All one word, of course. Uh, what might be more interesting for folks to follow would be at StagCap. That is our kind of company-wide Twitter, and that is much more active than mine. Uh, my personal one is going to be pictures of Prime Rib and quotes from Casino and Bull Durham. <laughs> All right, I have a couple follow-up questions here. First, how in the hell did you get the Twitter handle Lou Mandingo Rock? Is that some sort of inside joke? Uh, dates back to growing up. Uh, my next-door neighbor, his dad, used to call me Lou Mandingo Rock every time he saw me. Uh, didn't know what it meant, but he did it for, you know, like 18 straight years. <laughs> so, so it stuck. It just stuck. And uh, when I signed up for Twitter one day, I just said, what is kind of the most obnoxious name I can sign up with? And uh, that's the one that I, did, I went with. 
Okay, so he got a he's got a background in betting. He's got a background in a bunch of different things. I don't think necessarily marketing, uh, social marketing is, is is his strength. Although that is your field, right? That's that's what you do as his day job. I do work in marketing and advertising. Yes, yeah, so it's hard to believe. <laughs> so the Twitter handle is quite ironic, but it's it's a fun inside joke, and uh, we brought up some great memories from your childhood, just like that. That's right. I'm right back there right now. Summer's in Chicago. We are three minutes in, and we're already reliving some of the best moments of Chris's life. So we're gonna have a lot of fun in this podcast. Like I said, we're gonna talk mostly about LA betting, uh, but you know, I'm I'm a Big Ten basketball and football fan. We're gonna talk a lot of college when the time comes. We're both fantasy nerds. Chris is a diehard Chicago sports betting fan. Now, tell me about what part of town in Chicago you're from, Chris. So I grew up in the northwest suburbs, uh, Palatine, Arlington Heights, uh, Schaumburg are kind of the major suburbs right there that people may have heard of. Probably most famous is the headquarters of Motorola, which was in Schaumburg, Illinois, uh, about the only thing we had going for us. But <laughs> as far as places to go up, you could do a lot worse than uh, being, you know, about 35 miles away from uh, downtown Chicago. It was, uh, it was a dream. Chicago's a great town. Los Angeles is a great town now. We're both living here in Los Angeles. I grew up, of course, uh, in the northern Los Angeles suburbs, uh, and I'm a diehard Dodger Laker fan. Uh, but I do like the Clippers as well. I got I, I was a, a former Clipper season ticket holder, uh, so it's going to be a very fun basketball season. We'll talk about uh, that a little bit more uh, when we get to that segment of the show. All right, so let's talk about, Chris, a little bit more of your background. You played college football. You have two very good friends that formed Stag Capital. First, let's let's talk about uh, how and, and where you went to college and, and how you got recruited to there, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Stag Capital. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I went to Claremont McKenna College, which is in Claremont, California. And for me, a kid from Chicago, it was really about weather and playing football. Uh, I'm a little too small and a little too slow to have played Division One, so Division Three was really where I was going to go, and I wanted to go to a good school, I wanted to get a good education, and even when I was looking, I wanted to do something that was going to be more about just being in a classroom, and a kid from the Midwest coming to California is is like a crazy dream, right? People talk about it, they think about it, but it's it's something that is rare to do. Um, but it made me, being the youngest of three kids, anytime somebody told me not to do something, I just wanted to do it more and more and more. So uh, I felt kind of uh, pressure to stay in the Midwest or go to the East Coast, as, as my family had done before me, but completely faded that uh, and went, went out to California, uh, met some really great guys. Uh, funny enough, uh, I, so I'm one third of Stag Capital. When I went to visit Claremont, my host was another third, a guy named Mike Hall, uh, he was the one who showed me around, introduced me to the football team, and honestly, the reason I chose to go there was the guys. It was the people I met there, the guys that were going to be on the football team with me, and uh, the free alcohol policy didn't matter. We might need another whole podcast for that, but needless to say, Claremont McKenna, known for free alcohol. <laughs> And how, how was the recruitment process? A lot of these folks listening probably uh, have never been recruited at anything in their life. The only thing I was ever recruited to uh, was my fraternity at the University of Wisconsin, so it's not quite the same experience. Did you enjoy the recruitment process? Was it as glamorous as we seem to think from the outside? Maybe Division Three is a little bit different. Uh, it sounds like you went there for, for the right reasons, school and football. But when you hear about recruitment at you know Miami or at SC, you hear about the parties and the girls and the drugs, and it always seems very illustrious. Yeah, not even close uh, in Division Three. There might be division three programs like that uh your mount unions your wisconsin whitewaters that are perpetually dominant in the, the division best division three programs yeah aka yeah a lot of i think there's probably a lot of ohio state washouts and madison uh, washouts on those teams but 
they take it really seriously. Uh, Claremont was, that was our fraternity. We didn't have frats on campus. So if you played a sport, that was kind of your band of brothers. So as far as recruitment goes, I found out they had a team. I reached out to the coach. Uh, I sent him, you know, a, a, a tape uh, DVD, I think at that time that I had made of, of plays, right. Playing defense, playing offensive line. And you get an email, you get a phone call back from the coach and he says, you know, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you out. We'd love to show you around. And that's really, really what it was. But, you know, not without its benefits. There was financial aid involved when you played a sport. Um, for a lot of students, unclear if I was one. Claremont is an ultra-competitive school. Uh, but having a sport as some of the reason, as you've just seen, right, with the USC scandal, uh, that was a big damn deal, right? Playing a sport, I think, gave me that edge on my application uh, to help get me into the school. And uh, its education was kind of second to none. So... Ultimately, it was it was a, a means to an end, but it just happened to be that being with the guys on the team and going out there and continuing to play, even though it was never going to be, you know, a profession, right? Football was never going to be a profession. It, it still was such an awesome experience. Yeah, and, and for those of you who are, are not familiar with the Claremont College, Claremont McKenna uh, is, of course, an excellent academic school. So I'm sure you had a great time there. You mentioned the second part of the tripod of Stag Capital, Mike Hall. There's a third member who also played on football uh, with you there at Claremont McKenna as well, correct? That's right. So Andy Traba is the third of our three-headed monster. Uh, Andy, also from Chicago, although he grew up in the city. Uh, him and Mike are both a couple years older than I am, but funny enough, Andy and I played each other in high school football. So I went to a school called St. Viator. Andy went to a school called St. Pat's. Andy played quarterback. Uh, the first time I met him, uh, I gave him a little shot to the chops playing defensive end right before he threw a pass. What was um, your celebration after that? Was it a sack or was it just a, a, a hit? I just, I just hit him. You know, it was, it was, it was in the bounds. You know, it's the play to the whistle. There wasn't quite the protection of the quarterback rules back in, uh, you know, 2001. Real football back then. That's right. And so we really played it. Um, you know, Catholic schools playing each other, but uh, Andy's first message to me was a shove to the chest and a giant F you <laughs> after I hit him. Uh, and such is our relationship. It has never changed since then. So Andy was the quarterback in high school. Did he play quarterback at Claremont? And the follow-up question is, is he the quarterback of Stat Capital? Oof. Uh, he did play quarterback at Claremont, although he was injured a few times. I think he had multiple ACL injuries in back-to-back -back years that I was there. Uh, and you wouldn't know it from looking at him, but the guy could really move and throws a beautiful football. I hate to compliment him like that, but I mean, it's just, it's an awesome spiral. It was a long time ago. You can compliment the old Mike and Andy and still make fun of them That's right. at and, the same time. Andy, as we used to know him, uh, <laughs> for sure. And we can continue to, to drop uh, gems about Andy and I's relationship, but uh, I wouldn't call him the quarterback of Stag Capital necessarily, okay. I think. Him and Mike are are co-quarterbacks. It's like, you know, the college, every every once in a blue moon, you get so the college. Air Force, then. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you'll bring in, you've got the guy who runs, and you've got the guy who throws. Yeah. Uh, and I'm probably, uh, you know, third string backup center uh, as, it, <laughs> as far as it goes to that. All right, well, it's great to have Stack Capital aboard. And just a public service now, you probably heard a very loud engine roar by. I live in Los Angeles. I'm not super rich. So we live right off a very main highway, a very main street. Sepulveda is actually the longest continuous street in all of the United States. That's a great trivial fact for you guys today. The more you know. So we're going to hear some, some feedback and uh, just deal with it. If, once this podcast gets going, uh, we'll be both living up in the hills and, and we'll have silent uh, studios that we can record out of. 
All right. So we briefly introduced you, Chris. We briefly introduced where you're from, Stag Capital, your background uh, as a Division Three football player. Let's kind of dive in. Let's talk a little bit further of the nitty-gritty about Stag Capital. Uh, the people, the good people out there probably don't really care about us personally, at least not yet. Uh, they want to make money, and I, I don't blame you at all. We're going to try to give you uh, some really unbiased, really analytical, really good, solid base picks. And we're not going to be homers here on the network if we think the Dodgers or the Angels or the Lakers or Clippers are a bad bet uh, we're not gonna be afraid to tell you so and we're not gonna look at things through rose-colored glasses tell me a little bit more about Stag Capital how you guys develop it and what kind of value that Stag Capital in this podcast can provide casual bettors across the country so the first thing I would say and I'll, I'll repeat this time and time and time again is that I don't I don't, Stag doesn't, we don't pick winners we're never gonna tell you we know who's gonna win the game we're never gonna tell you who we think is gonna win the game we bet on value and strictly on value. And I often make the analogy to buying stocks. You might not know whether Apple stock is going to go up, down, or sideways, but if Apple stock was trading at $100 and somebody came to you, reliable, you trusted, and you knew, and said, I can sell you a share of Apple for $95, you might just do it because that's good value. And that's the same way that we bet. Uh, if we see value, it doesn't matter the team, the time, the place that they're playing the game. It uh, doesn't matter our allegiance. If there's value in the bet, we will make it. Uh, and that's ultimately what we'll be focusing on this podcast. If we recommend a bet, it's not because I really like the pitcher. It's not because I really like what the team did in the offseason. It's because there's value there. So that will be a recurring theme in what we talk about. Uh, I also think that you need to distance yourself a little bit or just be honest with yourself about why you're betting. Are you going for a sweat? If you just want to put $50 on a baseball game or a football game, go do that. Like, don't worry about it. You like your team. Get your money in. Um, enjoy it, right? But if you're trying to be a little bit more serious with it, if you're doing bankroll management, if you like betting day in and day out or three or four or half a dozen times a week on various things, I would strongly recommend thinking about adopting a similar style to what we use because we've been doing this for eight years, because we were the inaugural Super Contest Gold Champions, because we've cashed in multiple contests around Las Vegas and beyond, we have a track record. We don't make tens of millions of dollars doing this, but we show a return. Sometimes 10%, sometimes 15, sometimes 20, sometimes two, sometimes negative 20. It happens. Uh, we say often embrace the variance because you're gonna be good and you're gonna be bad, but if you go with the same approach each and every time, you're going to get on base. You're going to, you're going to get hit singles. You're going to get doubles. It's not about hitting a home run. When that happens, it's because you run into one. That's exactly right. Um, and yes, and, and, and so you've developed this, this system, this methodology of how to put in bets and how to identify value. Uh, it's not just necessarily what you guys think or, or who's betting what, although obviously a certain point of betting value is going to be betting against the public, which is why I always advocate betting unders. I like betting against teams like the Yankees, the Lakers, the Cowboys. These are teams that the public is going to seriously bet. How does that factor into how do you guys, your, your betting philosophy and how you choose where the values play? It's, it's really a strong basis for it. And frankly, if somebody asked me, could you describe you know, tell me your betting philosophy in, in 10 seconds, right? I would tell you to fade the public. That would be my one sentence to you. If the Cowboys are playing Tampa Bay, just bet Tampa Bay. If they're playing in Dallas and Dallas is 10-0, just bet Tampa Bay. Just fade public opinion. Um, and the reason for that is, one, you're probably going to get better value because a lot of the money is going on Dallas. Thus, the price is going to be higher to get your money down on Dallas. So, you're, again, 
good value on Tampa Bay. And you look like a genius, right? If Dallas wins, everybody's like, ah, oh, I had Dallas. I had Dallas. No big deal. Like Dallas all the way, right? But if you had Tampa Bay and you show people the ticket or when you walk into the office next day and say, yep, I had Tampa Bay. I made 500 bucks on that game. People look at you differently, right? If you can show them that that's what you're doing, they think you got the right, uh, you got the right formula, you got the secret, and you become kind of that go-to guy. And it's it's nice feeling like a subject matter expert on something. Yeah, if you want to be a guru in anything, it's it's going to be a guru in making money. Uh, and this this whole conversation kind of reminds me uh, the, the 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 perfect example of betting the public was Duke basketball last year. They were absolute darlings. They had Zion, they had R.J. Barrett, they had Cam Reddish, obviously Coach K. Uh, Everyone thought they were going to be a slam dunk, surefire national champion. What happens? They run into a buzzsaw at Michigan State. Not necessarily better players, not necessarily the better team. They happened to be better that day. There was tremendous value in betting the Spartans, who I thought were an equally, if not better team than Duke basketball. And I cashed in big time, as you guys remember, uh, back in some of our March podcast. All right. So we've talked about kind of the big kind of general betting philosophies. Is there anything that you or any of the other two members of Stat Capital or anyone else in your team specialize in? Is there something that you prefer betting, you like betting, you recommend betting? Is there something that you would say, hey, I'm a college basketball expert. I'm an ex-expert. Anything like that? Or you guys just kind of take a look at the entire landscape, find the best value and ride with that. It's definitely just experts in value. Uh, There isn't one particular team, sport, season. Now, football is kind of gambling season. That's kind of just across the board. So, yeah, you know, are we always looking forward to football season? Sure. Fantasy. Who isn't? Yeah. Fantasy sports <laughs> is going on. College football is going on. There's just a lot of opportunity to find value and get money down. Um, but by and large, props. It just, one reason or another, markets are more inefficient on prop bets. And we get a ton of money down on over-unders on is, you know, is X wide receiver going to catch three and a half balls is X quarterback going to throw for over 275 or under touchdowns. And that's, I mean, we're sweating that stuff every Sunday night. You're cheering against a guy like Ben Roethlisberger to, to please throw an interception or please throw under two touchdowns. Uh, That is very common on, on things we bet. And props are a lot of fun as well. Adds a little bit of spice to your to your watching. Look, everyone's going to watch the game and root for a particular team. You're going to root for your fantasy players, but you can add a couple of really fun, valuable props in there. Uh, like you mentioned, an interception or uh, sometimes running back receptions or tackles or, or weird things like, well, there'll be a kickoff return for a touchdown, an interception return for a touchdown. There's a lot of value to be had in those. And yes, they're usually plus money and they're heavy uh, on that side, but uh, it can add a lot of entertainment value, I think, uh, as well. So great to know. We're going to, we're going to obviously give you guys a lot of valuable bets throughout the season. Uh, my fantasy football and basketball background is going to give a lot of really fun kind of props as well. Uh, and we're going to hopefully add a little bit of spice uh, to not just the summer, but the fall uh, and beyond as we continue on Betting LA. Believe in Betting LA. This is episode one. Again, I'm Sam Maxwell, joined by Chris Lewart of Stag Capital. And we'll have Mike and Andy, uh, the other two members of Stag Capital, the two founding members at least, uh, as guests at some point as well. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about the NBA offseason. Uh, it was a whirlwind. I was at CBS producing uh, the local news show when Anthony Davis traded Lakers, when Kawhi happened to announce his signing with the Clippers on the night of a 7.1 magnitude earthquake. Uh, just wild, because this is a very Kawhi thing to do. Uh, and I wish I could have put a bet on him joining the Clippers. There was a lot of buzz about him joining the Clippers for the last, really, 18 months or more. Uh, but then over the last couple of weeks, it was all Clippers, or excuse me, all Lakers or all Raptors. And so you could have gotten 
tremendous value with the Clippers. I saw them at 20 to 1 to win the title just a week ago, and now they're leading all of the NBA at 3 to 1 title odds. The Lakers are 5 to 1. The Bucks lead the East at 9 to 2. I know it's a little bit too far in advance, and I know you don't love to do futures, but for the sake of conversation, for the sake of talking about these two teams in Los Angeles, is there any futures odds that you currently like for this upcoming NBA season? Uh, I would say, I would probably say you want to, again, fade popular opinion. I, I would stay away from the Clippers. I would stay away from the Lakers. Um, I would actually probably stay away from the Bucks and the 76ers too. Honestly, I would get, this is something you don't ever want to do, but you want to kind of cheer for a catastrophe, right? On those teams, you want somebody to just fall out of the playoffs because of injuries. And then you want something to happen on another team so that you catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, this is what we would want with the Raptors, right? I don't think anybody was looking forward to the Raptors making a big push, Kawhi or not. The team looked good all year, but I don't think anybody really thought Golden State was having a problem until, boom, injuries galore, right? So I would look at something like that. I would try and and find that middling team, like a, you know, the Jazz are popular, right? Really, buddy, everybody likes their off season. But fourteen to one for the Jazz. You know, I I would look at maybe Jazz. I would look at maybe the Nuggets, right? You know, I don't feel like a ton of people are talking about Denver. Did they over? Are they going to overpay Jamal Murray? Uh, but that's a solid team that you know ran into a, a, a tough playoff game that I think could have gone any which way. Uh, and that's a team that if they get in. Something Again, something happens. They don't want anybody to get hurt. But if something does hurt, then you look like a genius, right? And I'll take Denver against any team in the Eastern Conference. I'll be happy to have my money down on that. So ultimately, this is, again, one of those things that, like, if you feel like getting a sweat in, if you feel like I've got a gut feeling about something, like, yeah, go ahead. Take a swing at somebody. But I wouldn't put my money down on the favorites. I'd stay away from the Clippers. I'd stay away from the Lakers. If you're going to do it, Again, try and look like a genius, right? Like, try and look like the smart guy uh, who's got their money Swing down. for the fences. I mean, exactly. Let's, let's be honest. And, and look, when we're talking about the Jazz and Nuggets and various other teams that we'll mention here coming up, we don't actually think necessarily, unless, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Chris, but I don't think you're, you're suggesting that the Jazz or Nuggets are going to win a title. Definitely. However, at 16-1, to 1, at 14-1, to 1, if you can get them deep into a playoff run, then, of course, you start hedging, and that's when you can really uh, lock in some some profits, really, for you there. And l- let's be honest here. I mean, the Clippers and Lakers at 3-1 to 1 and 5-1, to 1 respectively, those are going to fluctuate. There's going to be a big, big injury to Kawhi Leonard or, you know, various things happen with the chemistry of the team. They may drop down to five, six, seven, and one. And that's, if you like the Clippers, that's when you pounce on that value. They drop the first two games in the first series to a team. They're not going to be three to one. That's when you can pounce and add value. I'm going to add one more team here that I think is great value. It pains me as a Laker fan to say this, but the Boston Celtics at, at uh, 25 to one, uh, I think there's a lot of value there. They replaced Kyrie Irving with Kemba Walker. I think they're very, very similar players. They had a lot of chemistry issues last year. I do, of course, worry about them losing and Al Horford. But they still have a great coach. This is a team that was the odds-on favorite to win the East a year ago. Things have changed with their roster, but I think they're very similar in a lot of ways. They still have a greediness to them. Uh, and at 25 to 1, that is some crazy value. The Sixers are lead the, lead the entire East. Or sorry, the, the Bucks lead the East, of course, at 9 to 2. The Sixers are at 8 to 1. The Celtics are the third best team there, and they're way down there at 25 to 1. So I think that's some really good value there. Uh, and these are the kind of conversations that you want to uh, have. You want to you don't want to look backwards. You want to look forwards, obviously. And I think the Celtics can get back to where they were a year ago. And those are the kind of ty- type of teams that you want to identify uh, this time of year. And that's actually, I'll, to add to that, Sam, that's actually a great bet because 
what if Hayward comes back and is is ninety percent of old? One one more year removed removed from the injury. Of course, I mean he looked like a donkey last year, but what if he's not right? What if he's the old guy? What if he just needed that year? That team's going to look really good, and you know maybe Kemba Walker isn't the supreme talent that Kyrie is, but he's also not a head case. It doesn't seem so anyway. His teammates might actually like him. Uh, there's not going to be some insanity. And yeah, that's one of those things that yeah, 25 to one, sure, take them. And I'd encourage everybody on things like this, shop around a little bit. See if you can find them a little bit better than 25 to one. Can you find somebody that's giving 30 to one? Like that's the sort of thing that is worth your time and effort to get that little bit of extra money in um, that makes bets like this more more worthwhile. Absolutely. And, and these are type of things that you want to identify. And, and, and I think what, what really resonated me with earlier is you have to treat your betting portfolio really as stocks. These are going to go up and down. You want to identify uh, when, when the best possible time to take them is. You don't win the title in July. You don't win the title in October when the season begins. You win the title in June. And again, we're not looking for the Celtics necessarily to win the title, to cash in that bet at 25 to 1. All you're looking for them to do realistically is to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, then you begin hedging out. They make the finals, then you could really hedge out with probably a heavy favorite from the West. All right. We're at 25 minutes now. This is, I think, a pretty good first episode. Uh, we talked a little bit about both of our backgrounds, about our fandoms. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your fandom. You're from Chicago. Are you an L.A. sports fan? Uh, have you adopted that since, since living here for 15-plus years? Uh, you're obviously still a Chicago sports fan, but tell the folks at home a little bit more about your sports fandom. Uh, it's not necessarily going to impact our bets because we're, we're trying to be unbiased here, but it, but it is a little bit fun, and, and you can provide some expertise that some people at home may not have. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a Chicago sports fan uh, through and through. I am a little bit lucky in that because they're a major market, similar to L.A., I don't bet on them a ton. I don't bet on the Cubs a ton. White Sox, we do, regretfully, uh, bet on them a ton. That's I hate that. Uh, That's not a very public yeah, team, so there's, but, there's value to be yeah, there. But I digress. Um, I will say this. I have gone to a bunch of Laker games. I've gone to a bunch of Dodger games. And I've had a lot of fun. Like, Dodger Stadium is really great. Being able to be there and hear Vin Scully was a trip. Um, going to a Lakers game and being lucky enough to get courtside, to meet those people and to see the scene, it's one of those things that, you know, people talk about sports icons and things they want to do and they want to visit Wrigley and they want to go to Fenway and Yankee Stadium and all that sort of thing. Honestly, going to a Lakers game in a big matchup and just seeing the absolute circus that breaks out is is something that should be on everybody's list. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be loud. Parking and traffic are going to be miserable. You know, you're going to have to take out a second mortgage, but that's something I would encourage people to do. It sounds like you're just talking about LA in general. Yeah, that's not right. necessarily yeah, go to Lakers games. Yeah. This, this <laughs> applies to life. Um, but, yeah, I've you know, I enjoy uh, – I have no, you know, no animosity towards any team. Um, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. I never have been, but I'm not cheering against the Lakers to lose, right? Uh, I have no problem with the Dodgers being good. A lot of my friends are like, oh, you know, we're going to, the Cubs and Dodgers very well might face each other again. But the Dodgers are a good baseball team. Like, I don't, I don't find that I'm cheering against them. I don't feel like I have any, any animosity towards them. Uh, I feel like Stag Capital has given me a very fair, shake of my sports fandom realizing that uh you can enjoy teams without necessarily being a fan rooting for or against them we're fans of making money and so should you at home thanks for bearing with us in this first episode as we talk a little bit more about what we're going to be talking about 
our backgrounds a little bit more, the teams we support, Stag Capital, and of course Chris's uh, greater background as a former Division Three football player. In the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit further. We're, we're getting close here to, uh, to NFL season, to college football season. We're going to start kind of giving some best bets on season totals, games we like, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but if you have one thing for the people at home to remember, I'm sure Chris would tell you as well, you want to bet against the public. Bet against the public, and you're going to find a lot of value in that. We're going to give you a lot of great valuable bets throughout this podcast. So for Chris, for Stag Capital, for Believe Podcast Network, this was episode one of Believe in Betting LA. I'm Sam Maxwell. We'll talk to you guys next time. What's going to be? Don't look at me. All my life, I never knew what I could be, what I could do. Then we were new Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.